guys. It's Anna and Jenny here, and we want to welcome you to Trinity, Trinity Kids Do a Podcast. Each week, we'll be joined by a special guest who'll read a story from the best book in the world, the Bible. Hi, Jenny. Hey, Anna. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Have you been doing anything fun this week? I've actually been learning how to play guitar. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know how to play guitar. I've been trying to learn a bit too, but I'm not there yet. Can you play along with Joanne yet on a Sunday? I'm not quite there. Basically, it's my mum's old guitar and she bought it when she was my age. Oh, wow. So it's a really old, old guitar. I feel like I should learn. Mm. No, I'm not good. I feel like I've got the guitarist fingers now. Oh, are they all numb and calloused? Yeah, they're red, and I'm quite proud of them. <laughs> sore. <laughs> That's good. They're very sore. They're just blisters on top, and they look like bald men's heads. <laughs> well done. That's something to be very proud of. Well, maybe when we all come out of isolation, you'll be able to do some worship in kids' church. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> That can be a little challenge for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I want to see you lead worship with a saxophone. Mm, it's hard to lead worship with a saxophone because you can't sing and play at the same time. But how about I play sax and you sing <laughs> and play the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll think about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> So each week we have a space that is just for your stories. Now this week we have an amazing story that we're about to share with you now. So on Sunday I heard from one family who'd been worshipping with our live stream and they'd watched our Trinity Kids video. And they just wanted to tell me partly that they really enjoyed this week's church, but also they wanted to chat to me a bit about how they'd used the video. I just thought it was really cool and wanted to share it with everyone listening so that they can do that too if they want to. It was quite a long video this week, so what they did was after every couple of minutes, they would pause the video. They were watching it together as a whole family. They would pause it and they would all go around and have a little chat to see if they all understood what was happening, to see if they had any questions. And so that way they had, apparently they had this like amazing discussion about it and they all understood things about the Bible and about God that they'd never even thought of before. Wow, that's really cool. I know, I was so excited that the way that they'd watched this video as a family meant that they understood new things about the Bible being this one great big story. So cool. That's really, really cool. It's so easy just to think of the Bible, read a story, and just think of that one story on its own. But it's all connected. I think there's some really big big things to think about in in um this week's story it's lovely that they're asking each other questions Mm. asking questions is what helps us find out new stuff about god we're all about learning from each other aren't we absolutely so anna do you know who today's guest is yeah i do it's my husband it's phil hi phil oh that's nice yeah yeah it's nice well this will be the first time he's come into the podcast shed 
Yeah, it is. I normally keep it very um, secretive, so I'm going to have to change the locks. Uh, so you obviously know Phil quite well. I do, I do, yeah. Can you share some fun facts about him? Yeah, I can't. This first one, though, yeah, I mean, you say I know him quite well. This first one came as a bit of a shock to me because, I mean, I thought Phil lived with me. I mean, he appears to live with me. But when we were doing our research for this podcast, it turns out he spends half his time living on a submarine in Scotland. And he's actually best mates with the Loch Ness Monster. Who would have thought that? Oh. Who knew? Not only is he friends with Loch Ness monsters, he's also got a pretty good relationship with snails. Snails and snails, yeah. Uh, Not only can he talk to snails, he was the person who first created the English to snailish dictionary. Wow. You know, Jenny, I might have just had a thought that might solve some of the mystery around the Loch Ness monster. Mm. Do you think? That seeing as Phil's such good friends with both snails and the Loch Ness Monster, do you think the Loch Ness Monster is just a giant snail? Ooh, that makes sense, because snails are very slimy. And if a snail's that size, maybe, maybe the Loch is just, it's just a snail slime. Maybe. Wow, I need a second to think about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, while you're thinking about that, I will... I'll tell the listeners our last fact. So this fact I did know because I, I see it all the time. So most people, when they're eating soup, they they use a spoon. But it's just a little random quirk that Phil, he only ever eats soup with a fork. I mean, I've tried saying to him, you know, use a, use a spoon, it'll be quicker. But he's, he's very stubborn. And, it, I mean, it takes him hours to get through a bowl. But it's just the way he is. Does he eat, like, minestrone, like, meaty or pastry soups? Or does he do this with, like, tomato soup? All soups. I mean, you know, chicken soup, tomato soup, carrot soup, leek and potato. Oh, I think um, I need to have some words with Phil now. I mean, I've tried, but, yeah, be my guest. <laughs> uh, anyway, before I, I get too, too uh, caught up in this, do you want to um, call Phil through? Phil, do you want to come in? Hi, Phil. Hey, Phil. Hi, guys. Do you want to read our story for us? I'd be honoured. The time for the Passover feast was soon, and so the disciples have been discussing amongst themselves just how to celebrate. Jesus, shall we prepare something? Jesus shook his head. Don't worry about preparing a meal. Instead, go out into the city, and there you will find a man. Tell him that I would like to share in the Passover meal at his house alongside my friends. They followed his instruction, and so, when it was time to celebrate, Jesus, his twelve disciples, and the family of the man they met on the street found themselves all sat around the dinner table quite snugly. The conversation over the meal was full of fear. The disciples had heard that there were people who wanted to kill Jesus because of how popular he was, and they were all very worried. Halfway through, Jesus interrupted the chatter. One of the people sat here, eating this meal with me, will betray me. The room fell silent. Their faces dropped. Surely it's not me, one of them asked. I wouldn't do that, replied another. The person who dips his bread into the bowl at the same time as me will be the person who betrays me. 
Judas, who had been quiet till now, turned to Jesus and asked him quietly, Is it me? Nodding, Jesus responded, Yes, you are the one. Judas immediately lowered his head in shame, hoping that no one else had heard what Jesus said. Jesus then stood up and took some of the flatbread that was in the middle of the table. He tore it and thanked God. This is my body that is given to you, he said as he handed the bread to the disciples. He then lifted a cup of wine. This is my blood, which will be poured out so that your sins and the sins of many others can be forgiven. A little while later, after they had finished the meal, Jesus got up from the table and changed into clothes that servants would wear. Everyone was very confused. What are you doing? they asked. I am going to wash your feet. And he poured some water into a bowl. When it was Peter's turn to have his feet washed, he refused. You can't wash my feet. I'm not good enough. He said this because he didn't feel right about having Jesus wash his feet. He knew that Jesus was very special. Jesus replied back to him, If I don't wash your feet, you cannot be with me. Then Lord, Peter replied, don't just wash my feet, but my hands and my head and my tummy and my elbows and my knees. Wash all of me. Jesus then explained that he only needed to wash his feet and that this would make his whole body clean. When Jesus had finished washing all the disciples' feet, he put his everyday clothes back on and returned to the table. Do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and that is who I am. And now that I have washed your feet, you can also wash one another's feet. Thanks, Phil, for that story. Ah, such a good story. You're welcome. Did you um, did you have a favourite part, Phil? I think my favourite part is always the bit where Jesus says, whoever shares, whoever I pass this bread to, they're the one that's going to betray me. Because I always find it hilarious that the disciples seem to just be like, <gasps> and then instantly forget about it. They never try and figure out who it is or ask, you know, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Who's, who's dipping the bread in the same time? They just do a, <gasps> it's not me, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> If I was eating bread, I wouldn't dip it in anything. So I just thought I, I wouldn't want to like. I know I would do the same. And when he's like, "Oh, the, it's going to be the person who touches my hand or the person who dips the bread in the bowl," you just wouldn't, would you? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's like we're not supposed to touch our face at the moment, but because we're not supposed to touch our face, I find I'm just touching my face all the time. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, I'm stroking my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe it was like the person already was reaching for the hummus. I'm picturing it's hummus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you couldn't hide the fact they were in mid-movement already. Yeah, that's true. Phil, uh, Jesus, after he washes Peter's feet, he tells them, now you can wash each other's feet. What does that mean to you that we're asked to wash each other's feet? Because I certainly don't want to wash other people's feet. No, I think I'm going to take it as a metaphor, as like a picture of what to do, so I don't have to okay. actually wash anyone's feet. I think it was Jesus sort of saying, we need to go out of our way and do really kind things for our friends and really nice things for those people around us. Even if those things are things mm. that we really don't want to do or are a bit disgusting or nasty, we should still do them if they're loving and kind. Yeah, that's really interesting, Phil. So the foot washing thing was one part of it. There were quite a lot of parts to this story. It's quite complicated. Did you have any bits of it that you're not sure about? 
I think it's always really helpful when we admit when we're a bit confused about parts of the story and we can discuss it as a group. Yeah, I think the the bit about the breaking the bread and the taking the wine was a bit a bit weird for me. Mm. I didn't really quite understand the links to Passover until I watched the Trinity Kids video this week. <laughs> and it suddenly made a load more sense to me. But it, <laughs> yeah, I always found it really strange that he decided to institute this tradition of of taking bread and breaking it and and taking wine and sharing it. And, and I never quite understood why it was those things that he chose. Mm. What do you think it all means, Jenny? A long time ago, while Jesus was around and before Jesus died, when you did something wrong, what you had to do was you had to sacrifice an animal. You had to kill an animal and give that to God. And what Jesus is saying here is that so that we don't need to do that anymore, he is going to die in his place. So by eating the bread, by drinking the wine, it's remembering what he has done for us. So the bread symbolizing his body and the wine symbolizing his blood that he's pouring out. So he gives all of himself so that we can be saved. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Is there any other part of it that you want to expand on, Anna? Yeah, I think it's really cool that obviously to us, this stuff about bread and wine and this meal, it feels a bit random because, I mean, when we have a meal, it doesn't tend to be bread and it doesn't tend to be just wine. It's more like fish fingers and chips and maybe some squash or something. And people don't tend to stand up and pray over every different part of the meal, do they? You might say a prayer at the beginning of the whole thing, but you wouldn't just stand up and say stuff before you eat every fish finger and every chip. But I think to Jesus and to his friends, this was a special meal they knew really well. And it was normal for people to stand up and pray and it was normal to eat bread and it was normal to eat wine but they had really specific things that they would say the reason the disciples wrote this down is because jesus he stood up to pray and that was normal but then what he said that was completely different that was what was completely new so i think though the bread and the wine are significant i think it's really interesting to listen to what he's saying with them he's explaining to his friends why he's going to die And so what he's saying when he takes the bread that for them represented God providing food and God providing life, he's he's breaking it and he's saying, look, me dying is going to give you all life. And then when he pours the wine out and he talks about that, he's saying, look at me dying. That's like the blood of the lamb in Passover. That's like when that protected your houses, when you poured that out, my blood's going to protect you now. Oh, Anna, you make that a lot clearer for me. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Jenny. Yeah, it's really, really helpful. <laughs> I spent a lot, t- a lot of time reading about Passover this week, so it's my favorite, favorite topic now. <laughs> we must have a quiz at the end of the week. I've got a question for you, Anna, about Passover. <laughs> yes, Phil. What did they have for pudding? Oh, damn, I don't know that. <laughs> I failed at the first question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, are you both ready? <coughs> I'm so ready. Oh, Phil doesn't even have to stretch. He's not. <sighs> I've been preparing for this all day. Forget stretching. <laughs> I've been on a three-hour warm-up. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Hit me with your best shot. Far away. Ready? Yep. Steady? Yep. Go. 
Where would you go if you were invisible? Um, I think I would go round to one of my friend's house and keep prodding him in the ear and he wouldn't have a clue who it was. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Uh, get out of bed and turn my alarm off and have a think about whether I'm going to get back into bed or not. Normally I do. Who do you admire the most? Who do I admire the most? Well, Anna is currently pointing at herself. Um, <laughs> I think there are lots of people out there. Um, depends, you know. Professionally, I would say my friend, Danny Duda. Spiritually, you've got to say Jesus, don't you? Intellectually, obviously, my wife, Anna, she's the best. Uh, and that's, you know, they're the only three so. categories that really care. About <laughs> if you owned a boat, what would you call it? Oh, what a great question. Um, Maisie. What's your least favourite drink? I really don't like tea. I think it's terribly flavoured water. You've taken something nice and then you've... Sorry, it. sorry. You... Tea is your least favourite drink. <laughs> this is a quick fire round. How would you describe yourself in three words? Funny, smart, slightly taller than average. What word do you take most delight in saying? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> when I dance, I look like... The best dancer in the world. <laughs> What colour socks are you wearing right now? Uh, right now I'm wearing white socks with blue toes. What's the strangest nickname you've ever been given? Big Phil Scolari. So Phil, each week we like to ask our guests how God's been speaking to them, what God's been speaking about and in what way God speaks. We like to hear the different ways in which people experience the Holy Spirit. So what's been going on in your walk with God? What a great question. I think recently God's been talking to me a lot about God being God. There was a chat in Big Church about how God is really, really good. And I think we, we get that in kids' church with God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But there's also this other side of God where God is God. And I'm not sure I've ever really thought about God being God before. You know, he, he has such power. He made us and he made the whole world. He's an incredibly powerful being. And I've never really thought about that before. And so I think God's been talking to me a lot about what it means to look to God as God and what it means to, to therefore listen to him and to respond to what he's talking to me about from that perspective. And so in the last few weeks, partly in, inspired by one of you guys and the story you guys sent in of, of going out and, and putting a little letter through your neighbor's door and offering help, I did the same. I went out on, on our street, which is 160 houses long, and I put a, po a little letter through each one and offered to, to help people out. And, and because of that, we've got this, this amazing group now chatting uh, and offering to help each other. And the reason I hadn't done that straight away was because I was, I was a bit scared of what would happen if I, if I put put that letter through and nobody responded or if people were shouting at me. But but God was saying to me, I think, that he wanted me to do it because there were people on the street that are lonely and that don't have anyone to help them and, and so need someone like me and like you to go out and, and, and be kind. Wow, that's so lovely. How God's been talking to me, I think I've never really heard a big booming voice in my head, which I'm a bit sad about because I think that would be a really cool way to hear from God. But this was just one of those thoughts that I felt like God saying, I want you to go and I want you to go and offer help to these people that are around you. Shall we let Phil go back and do whatever he does on a Sunday afternoon when I'm recording a podcast? I suppose we should. Thank you so much for chatting. It was really fun. Thanks Thank so you for much, having Phil. me. I've had a really, really fun time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Phil.
all my headphones. I've got them in. You got them? Yeah. Oh, there. Oh, my headphones. Oh, there. Oh, my headphones. We want to hear from you. Each week, we are going to be sharing all the incredible stories of what God is doing in your lives. We want to feature your stories, songs and poetry, so please send them in to kids at trinitychurchnottingham.org. You can also send in questions you want us to ask our guests, from the silly to the serious, because God is in it all. So, join us every Wednesday for the last eight-week series, starting on the 25th of March. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.